Ladies and gents, we are back at it. NLX2 podcast is live. Christmas is right around the corner. Thanksgiving's in the rearview mirror. And hopefully we're starting to get over this COVID crap. This week, it's just myself again. But guess what? Remember what I said last week when I said, man, I got an ugly mug. I'm not that interesting. So I talk about interesting things. Well, we are back at it with some interesting things. I, this is possibly one of, one of the more um, exciting topics that I like to talk about. Uh, you, talk, you hear about it in multiple different industries, but you hear about it in uh, the firearms industry or the survival industry or the military industry or the tactical or whatever. Um, but you also hear about it in strength and conditioning, and that's gearheads or people that love gear. All my, uh, all my crazy power lifter, bodybuilder stuff. I'm not talking about that gear. I'm talking about strength and conditioning gear. Okay. Our racks, our bars, our weights, being a nerd when it comes to what we want in our gym, in our home gym, anywhere. So today, a great topic of discussion because of the landscape that we see right now is how to build your own garage gym. A lot of people are going to the garage gym feel, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but the garage gyms are starting to blow up. This is where people have a very small secluded space. They can make it all their own, and they can play loud music, bang weights, and sprint fast. That's right up our alley. That's right up your alley. That's right up a lot of people's alley in today's day and age. So first, let's go over our sponsors real quick, and then we'll get into the nitty and gritty. The Iron Chapel, you guys all know, strength and conditioning at its finest. Group, one-on-one, small group, couples, whatever you need, the Iron Chapel's got it, and we do it very well. We do not, um, there's plenty of people out there that are great training, or trainers. They have great trainers. They have a great gym. Far few people one, know how to program, one, how to know, be a good coach, one, know how to communicate. And far even fewer don't just look at their bottom line. People look at their bottom line. We have to have X amount of people in our doors to make things work. And obviously to run a business, you have to do that. But if you can put stipulations in place to find success for your clients, that is going to help you out in the long run. So with Iron Chapel, we have a four to one ratio. So there's only four clients to one trainer, one strength coach, one personal trainer. If there's five people, there's two trainers there. Reason being, we can get a very, very intimate, personal relationship. Um, You can get exactly what you need out of it. You're getting that one-on-one without paying for one-on-one. And that's something that we really, really like to do. Strength conditioning is very technical. We have to get some things very perfectly right. So that's what we do best communicate, train, and have a good time banging weights. So the Iron Chapel geared towards maximizing athletic performance and maximizing your life. Next, Nutridyne. I've had multiple people contact me, sign up for the page. Um, Nutridyne is a holistic supplement company geared towards addressing the underlying issues of disease and maximizing performance, okay? Listeners of this podcast, you get 20% off 
you go to my Instagram bio, you click link tree, you click on that, you hit 20% off. It's that easy. You get cheaper supplements, but guess what? Cheaper does not mean just a cheaper quality. You're getting the best quality you can get. I don't endorse anything unless I know that it's a good product. You can rest assured that I take this, my wife takes this, my family takes this, my clients take this, and we've had success in both performance and health. So now that we got all that out of the way, let's get to the nitty gritty. Uh, I am very excited for this podcast. I get to talk about strength and conditioning gear. I get to talk about home gyms. I get to talk about equipment. That's the fun stuff. People look outside of the strength and conditioning world and like, oh, I'd love to be that person. Well, then you don't think about scheduling. You don't think about communication. You don't think about the person that comes and has a terrible, terrible day. Their husband divorced them and they are just a wreck. You don't think about that stuff. There's a lot more to it, but one of the fun things is gear. So first and foremost, we kind of want the reason why this came up is the explosion of home gyms, the explosion of people training at their homes due to this was happening before COVID, but COVID definitely was a catalyst to the speed that it's at now. Um, people don't want to go to a gym with 150 different people. If you don't know exactly what you're doing, some people look at you weird. You don't know what's going on and there's just too much people. It's too congested. You start getting claustrophobic. You don't want to be in that atmosphere. That's not for everybody. It's, it's really not, but the landscape for gyms and brick and mortar gyms, and then we can kind of tie this into retail is brick and mortars. The best of the best are going to be fine. The best of the best are going to thrive. The thing is, is with a six week shutdown in March, a six week shutdown coming down the road, possibly, um, this is not doing any small businesses at all, restaurants, travel, gyms, any favors. But people that, um, that have struggled in the past or are brand new, this is going to be, it can be devastating. So we see that this, this push towards the more intimate, the more personal, the smaller, the um, boutique gyms has gone through the roof. People are wanting to go to that rather than sitting in a sauna that hasn't been cleaned for five days that had a traffic of 150 people. So people are gravitating towards that smaller feel. And you look at, just look at retail, JC Penney's, all these big companies that have closed their doors because one, Amazon is doing it with no overhead for an actual storefront. Um, they're able to sell online. You have your e-commerce options and it's, it's not a thing of the past. I don't think retail is a thing of the past. I don't think brick and mortar gyms are a thing of the past at all due to the human, the human relation, the human um, communication. But the peop, there's going to have to be something more offered. Gary Vee, one of the smartest dudes on the planet, but very practical. He's not over-the-top, crazy intelligent. He's just very practical. He talks about um, retail possibly now having, so you walk into a store to do shopping, and there's a musical going on, or they have hired a magician to come in building an experience around your brick and mortar or your retail place or your gym or your restaurant seems to be the way that retail and restaurant business and gyms are going. So building an experience for the person to pull them from that Amazon button, pull them from their couch to come into your store is the way that this has been going. 
Um, and so in the gym space, a lot of these massive, huge gyms are actually shutting down. Um, the coronavirus has completely devastated a lot of these gyms, but just, just take restaurants, for example. Restaurants have almost zero margin built into what they do. The way they make money is from alcohol sales. However, getting alcohol licenses, getting these, these liquor licenses for per county or per town is a very hard thing to do. There's only so many. So the only way that they're able to make that money is from that. In gyms, it's very hard nowadays with the virus. People are just not gravitating towards these huge gyms. In these 24-hour fitnesses, these massive gyms, these any times are struggling because they have to have a bottom line of members. They have to have a bottom line of people to come in and successfully meet their bottom line. So I was doing some research for this podcast a little bit, and uh, I saw this article in LA Times. Let me pull this up here. It shows this massive impact that the coronavirus has had on many different industries, but one to be very particular is the gym industry. So I'll read this here for you, but 24-hour fitness, we've all been to one. We've been to it anytime. We've been to all these different gyms, but 24-hour fitness is a worldwide organization and corporation, and they have hundreds of gym locations and uh, very easy gym to go to. You pay a fee if you're not a member and you get in and you go. One thing that I was looking at when I was doing some research is the company after COVID-19, so this is this was in June when this happened, um, so we're already a few months past, but after the six-week shutdown or after the few months shutdown in March, 24-hour fitness, the company will permanently close about 130 gyms, including 18 locations just in the LA and Orange County area. So obviously California with the massive and restrictive shutdowns that they've had is hurting a lot more than most places. However, it's not just this pandemic that is doing it. Again, it's a catalyst. And so all these massive, massive gyms are filing for chapter 11 bankruptcy. They are $1.4 million in debt and their creditors are asking where the money is. Well, it's not there. People can't come into the gym. The money's not there. And so I want to, I want, I want people to realize that this is hurting much more than what you think. Obviously, the travel industry, obviously all these places. But when it comes down to it, if you can't get the numbers, you can't run. But then you say, okay, well, if there isn't a shutdown. Well, on the other side of things, you have to think about this. In North Dakota, we had a mass mandate. The day before that mass mandate, the day of, and the day after, the coronavirus didn't change. Something significant didn't happen. More people didn't die. There wasn't an increase in case load. But there was an increase of fear. So no matter what, even if we say, hey, we're going to keep our businesses open, there is an increase in fear in people. And when people are fearful, they go within. They're going to stay to their own. They're not going to venture out. But the, the virus never changed. The virus didn't get worse, better, or the same. So when we talk about, oh, well, this state's staying open and this state's staying open, it almost doesn't matter. Yes, obviously, if you have the opportunity, 
you're going to have people in there, but is it going to meet the bottom line? Is it going to meet those things? And you have to ask yourself that on an individual basis. Here at the Iron Chapel, we have, we actually got anywhere from 10 to 15% busier after March because people were sick of staying in home. They wanted to get training and we were able to compensate for that. Again, would a six-week shutdown do us any favors? No. But we have to look at this to see trends in the industry. And so trends in this industry are showing that the smaller boutique, um, personal gym is what's flourishing. People are really, really wanting to go to stuff like this. They're not wanting to go to 24-hour fitness in LA. God's sakes, there's no way I would be caught dead there. Not even a chance. So... Even if they're staying open, we're seeing a decrease in numbers, and this is where the garage gym steps in. Disclaimer here. I'm not talking about a Peloton. I'm not talking about a Tonal. I'm not talking about a mirror. I'm going to briefly talk about those things because they get my blood pressure boiling. When we talk about Peloton, Peloton has completely changed the landscape of at-home fitness, and I love it. I really do. I think it's. I think it's a great program. I think that um, if you can do that, that is that is way better than nothing. When a hundred percent of what you do in your day revolves around one single implement, that's when things get tough because there's a uh, biological law. There's a strength and conditioning law called progressive overload. Progressive overload means we need to pretty much very simply put means we need to do more tomorrow than we did today. We need to do more the next day and the next day and the next day. And the way I I talk about that is you couldn't read the same page, the one page of the same book, the same page every single day and expect to get different knowledge from that day in and day out. Okay. So you can't expect, it's like insanity doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So you, we need to focus on the whole training goal. What, what are you trying to get out of this? And then reverse engineer and provide the tools and the skills necessary to meet that goal. One thing that I actually advocate for is true traditional strength training with metabolic conditioning, with a Peloton, with walking, with going on a run with your dog, with swimming, with rock climbing, whatever that implemented is for you. I, I, I truly believe in it. It just makes it very hard when the only thing you're doing is riding the bike because you're not going to actually get the metabolic changes, the cellular changes you need to become successful or to meet your goals or become more athletic or get a better body composition. Those things stagnate. There's many other principles in this world. There's reversibility, accommodation, all these things that are not met when we're just doing one thing. And that's the same token. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm against that because I, I truly love it. And I think you should do it in conjunction with other things. And I still look at that in the same way that in the strength world. If you're just training with a barbell, even though the barbell is my favorite thing to train with, if you're only training with a barbell, that is very one-dimensional. A lot of the movements you're doing are sagittal. You can do them in a doorway. So you want to make sure you venture out and make your weaknesses your strengths and try different things. Don't just stay on that one thing. 
Same thing with the tonal, same thing with the mirror. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to give them the airtime. You can't progressively overload to a point where you're going to get the metabolic demands and the metabolic changes or the cellular changes that you need to meet your goals. Simple. You cannot get the progressive overload. So I'm not going to give them the airtime that they don't deserve. So like I said, the landscape is going towards that smaller gym. So what are the reasons for building a home gym? Why, why should you build a home gym? One, you can be a tough son of a bitch when we have a civil war or a zombie apocalypse and you can use equipment as a weapon. You can be a strapping dude and just freaking wrecked house as we have the civil war. But mainly, you don't have to have overhead. Okay, you already have the garage. You are going to give up some parking space, but you have no overhead. You do not have to leave your house. Utilities are so minimal. The change in the utilities that you're going to have in electricity or heating or whatever you use are going to be so minimal that it's not going to change a lot of things. There's smaller cleaning space compared to a, a crazy huge gym. And now you can really be picky with who you want to train. So for instance, when you go to a big gym, a community center, any personal trainer at that community center is going to take every new client that is directed at them. They're not going to, ah, no, I don't, I don't want that. It's not how the game works. At that time, when you're, when you're training at a community center or a big box gym, you're trying to get as many people as you can. That's the name of the game. The more people, the more people you can impact, the more time you're working, the more time you're working, the more money you can make, the better you can support your family. In any gym situation, that's how it is. When you're, if you're training outside of your, your garage gym, in your garage gym, now you can be picky who with you want to train. You don't have to accept everybody. You can niche down. Say you just want to train athletes. Awesome. Find that group. Find that niche. Take care of that community, and they will take care of you. I can't explain how blessed I am to be a part of this Dickinson community. I was just thinking about this today. I talk about the Dickinson community a ton because they've completely changed my life. The great people, both DHS, DSU, Trinity, all these communities have helped me a ton. And I hope that I've been able to help them. But I think it goes both ways. I think that um, you can provide a service. You can provide kindness, communication, a, a shoulder to lean on. Um, an ear to lend, you can provide that for them. They're going to take care of you. You can provide this service to allow their child to be more confident, to be a better athlete, to get a college scholarship. You will, you will be taken care of just as you're taking care of them. So I think the community of niching down in a, in a garage gym would be awesome, would be huge. So you don't have to train every single person that walks in the door now. You get to build it how you want it, and you can build a community around it. It's always been my dream to have this barbell club, the barbell club, the club. Have them come at 6 a.m. We turn up some Papa Roach. We smash some weights. We do some sprints, and then we just go crush our work. That's the community I would love to have. That's the community that I sought after. And that's the community that the garage gyms are shooting for. What are some of the cons? Some of the cons are obviously first and foremost, uh, obviously price and budget and your actual capacity, your size. 
But let's look at this. This is stuff that people don't think about. Now you're going to have a lack of parking. Do you live in North Dakota where it's bitter ass cold or are you in Florida or where are you? So you do have a lack of parking. Also, there are options for that. PRX has done amazing out of Fargo. They build the uh, retractable racks. That's for further. But the big thing is you need to look at residential zoning. So if you're just going to have a garage gym for personal use, whatever, just go for it. If you're going to actually train people, make a business out of it, you need to see and you need to ask and you need to look up what is your house zoned as? Is it zoned as residential? Is it zoned as commercial, limited commercial? Um, what, it, what is it zoned as? So you need to make sure that can you get it rezoned or can you not? So that's something that you want to pay attention to. And now I get to talk about gear. So just, just bear with me. People that are gearheads, turn up your volume, bang some weights, and just listen up here real quick. So what are the essentials for a garage gym. I'm going to take one of two uh, paths here. The minimalist, what you need essentials, and then my dream, my dream garage gym. So what are the essentials? First and foremost, I want to go over a principle, buy once, cry once. I have never regretted buying a high quality, expensive piece of equipment ever. I have never regretted that because they're made well. They're going to last. Your kids' kids are going to be training on them. You're going to be telling stories when you're 80 years old with a hip replacement, knee replacement, and a back fusion saying that barbell there is going to last you another 10 years, whatever you're going to say. You're never going to regret that. Buy once, cry once, or buy once, only get slapped by your wife once. That's words to live by. So what are your goals first? Why are you building this? What are you trying to accomplish? That is question number one. Question number two, what is your budget? Question number three, what is your capacity or what is your size? If you can answer all three of those questions, now we can build out this garage gym. And I want to, I want to, I just thought of this guys. Say you do want to build a garage gym. You just don't know where to start. You don't know what um, your best options are for um, equipment, capacity, residential zoning, commercial zoning. Reach out to me. I would love I would love to take the time, build you out a list of equipment, price it out for you, and build you a home gym. I would love to do that. So take it or leave it. Now, what we're looking at is a minimalist versus a dream home gym. When I think about a minimalist home gym, I think about all the essentials, everything that you need to accomplish your goals. So this minimalist gym is to accomplish any goals that I would have which are very similar to most of our listeners, um, anybody that is in the realm of strength and conditioning, athletics, or powerlifting even, okay? So this would be the minimalist essentials that you would need for that goal. So first and foremost, most importantly, you're gonna need a squat rack. I prefer a power rack. Um, If I'm in a garage gym by myself, I don't wanna be squatting free. I wanna make sure that I have a power rack. We are all safety corners are covered. We, we're good on that end. So if you're looking for the minimalist, um, PRX, like I told you, has those really good retractable squat racks. Titan fitness is 
kind of the rogue knockoff. They've done very good things, but it's just not the same quality as Rogue. Maybe because it's just the name, but just not the same quality, but it's damn close. Titan Fitness, Fitness has done some amazing, amazing things. Rep Fitness out of Colorado, out of Denver, they do great stuff too. I've had a few of their uh, Ollie barbells or the Olympic barbells. Uh, they do really good stuff and it's not paying an arm and a leg. You're not paying for the name of Rogue. So you first and foremost need the squat rack. Secondly, and just as important, you need barbells. This gets us to the point of buy once, get slapped by your wife once. Buy nice barbells. You're, you cannot go to Walmart and get those just god-awful barbells. You need to buy good barbells. This is where I geek out. I'm a barbell fanatic. I have collected barbells. I love barbells. I got some Pendelay barbells, which he actually just passed away within this last year. I got some Texas Power Bars. I got some Rogue Ohio Bars. I got Kabuki Strength. I got Alico. I got all these really, really cool barbells because that's my thing. So if you're looking for a good barbell, not to break the bank, but a good barbell that's going to be all-purpose, I would say the Rogue Ohio Bar. By far one of the better bars you can get um, for the money, and it's going to do everything you need from bench squat, deadlift, cleans, whatever you need, snatches, it's going to do it. Then, like I had just mentioned, I'm a huge Texas Power Bar guy, and I'm a huge Pendelay Bar guy. So go with what you like, but if you're going to go for that all-one package punch, go with Rogue Ohio Bar. Then we need to get into weights. Um, let's just think uh, actual steel plates versus bumper plates. What is your goal? Are you a power lifter? Okay, are you doing bench squat deadlift? Okay, don't even worry about bumper plates. Go steels, get after it. They're a little cheaper and just go. The more the merrier. If you are um, going to be doing Olympic lifting, if you're going to be doing stuff that, that you have to drop the weights, go with bumpers. When we're looking at bumpers, there's plenty of companies. Rogue has really good competition bumpers. They have good fray. Um, if you look at Sornex, they have really, really, really good bumpers that they've been uh, pushing out. And then you look at, um, obviously, your big dogs, your Rogues. But then you can look at Frey has a really good set. Um, Rep Fitness, all these people have some really good sets of bumpers that you could look at. So what's your goal? Do you, are you powerlifting? Are you Olympic lifting? Are you more of a CrossFitter? Look at your goal, re reverse engineer and get what you need. Then we get into the debate of a full dumbbell rack versus power blocks. Most of the time, 90% of the time, people, the biggest issue with garage gyms is space and budget. When it comes to dumbbells, they take up space and they're very expensive. So if you're looking to go on the minimalist viewpoint, I would suggest the commercial um, power blocks. They are great. They're going to last you. They're simple. Um, is it better than just grabbing 150 off the rack? No, not even close. But they're going to take up a sixteenth of the of the room, and they're going to cost they're going to cost you way less than they would for a whole rack of dumbbells from 10 to 100 even. Even 10 to 50, you're looking at 900 to to $1,000, depending on who you're going with. So make sure that you look at what you have. If you have the room and you have the budget, I would say go with an actual set of dumbbells. If you don't, 
power blocks will get the job done. Then we get into a set of kettlebells. Kettlebells are functional for everything you want to do. Presses, carries, swings, throws, whatever you want to do, you can do them with those. Um, Be strategic when you pick these out, though. Make sure you have just the heavy as hell, the most you can carry. Um, Go with that kettlebell. And then make sure you can have one to swing. Make sure you can have one to throw and press and carry so you, you, you can buy a full set or you can actually select which weights that you really want to go with. I recommend Rep Fitness. Um, they have a great set of kettlebells and it's a half of the cost of what you're going to pay for the Rogue. So um, like I said, buy once, cry once, but find the companies that are still making great products, but you're not paying for the name possibly. But if you want the name, if you want the cream of the crop, go with that. This is the minimalist look. Then something that people don't usually look at is some type of pulley system. Stud has came out with one. Um, Angles 90. There's 50 different companies that are making these pulley systems, but it's very simple. You have a pulley cam. You have the um, insulated cord. You have your handles. You can buy two of them to do seated rows, lat pull downs, chest uh, flies, tricep extensions, bicep curls, all these things that you can do with a usually anywhere from 40 to $100. So those are something that I have bought and um, I really, really recommend for that minimalist look. And lastly is your horse stall mats. Don't go fall into the trap of buying gym mats. Go to your tractor supply, get the three quarter inch mats. You're going to pay anywhere on sale from 35 to $40 for a four by six. That's the best route. If you have a small garage gym, do you ask yourself the question, do you have to have the whole thing matted or do you just need the section or do you want it all matted? Um, if you're having a small garage, it's not going to be the big, hugest, their biggest expense in a, in a full 4,000, 10,000 square foot gym, that is going to be a massive expense. So that's the minimalist viewpoint. You want a rack, barbells, weights, some kind of dumbbells, some kind of kettlebells, a pulley system, and mats. Very simply put, you can throw a bench in there, but I'm looking at the account of you're actually just floor pressing, or you have a bench or a table you can use. A bench can be thrown into that. If I was to build the dream, the dream garage gym, this is going to cost some money. However, if you have the budget, this is the way to go, peeps. If you're looking at racks, there's no question you go with Sornex Basecamp. The Sornex company builds the best things, hands down, but you're also going to pay for it. It's going to last way past your lifetime. It's going to hold up. It's going to move them up a stupid amount of weights, but it's the best you can get. It's the cream of the crop by far. So I would say Sornex Basecamps or any type of Sornex squat racks. You're going to go with barbells. I'm still going to look at Ohio bars. I'm still going to look at Texas power bars, Pendle bars. But then if you really want to go crazy, you can go Alico power bars. You can go Alico Ollie bars. They're going to cost you $1,100 to $1,500 though. So make sure you make sure you do have that budget if you're going that way. You can't go wrong with the Ohio bar, Texas power bar, or Pendle Then you get into kind of your specialty barbells. And this is something that I really get into is two things. And I'm going to make it very simple because there's other companies that make it. But um, I really, really like these. 
Kabuki Strength Transformer Bar just came out with the new spring-loaded, very easy um, tra- uh, transformer bar, they call it, which safety squat bar that you can change to any different orientation from front squats to goblet squats to back squats to safety bar squats to cambered squats, whatever you want. Then the Kabuki Trap Bar as well. If money's not an issue, go with Kabuki Trap Bar. It's the one we have here at the Iron Chapel. Um, best trap bar that money can buy right now. There's no other one. Um, there's ones that have imitated it and done very well. But if we're looking at the cream of the crop, the best of the best, Kabuki Trap Bar. Then you get into weights, bumpers or steels. I'm going to have both. I'm going to have regular York or whatever, the old school um, steel plates. And I'm going to have a ton of Rogue or Sornex competition and regular training bumper plates. Um, competition ones you're going to be paying a little bit extra for, but... Money's not the issue right here, fellas. Then we get into dumbbells. I would go with, hear me out. You're going to have kettlebells, so that's my next thing here. I would go with a full set of Sornex center mass bells. Sornex center mass bells are, if you've never seen them, you're holding the weight on the inside here. Instead of having dumbbell and dumbbell, now you have the weight over the top. So it's centered straight on your wrist. Great for pressing, great for swinging, great for whatever you want to do, rowing, anything. So I would have a full set of 5 to 150 of those. If they are not available, I would go with 5 to 150 of dumbbells. I wouldn't go with the power blocks. Then you get into a full set of kettlebells. Um, Kettlebell Kings does really good. Rogue Fitness does really good. Rep Fitness. Um, A bunch of these companies have kettlebells, and they're all made very well. You just have to look at what they're coated with and what their actual substance is. Um, That's going to tell you a lot, but a full set of kettlebells all the way up to the 200 or the 150, like Power Athlete Ranch has, great set of stuff. Then a pulley system. If you're really trying to go over the top, you'd get a lap pull down on a seated row. I honestly, even if I had the money, I would just go with a simple, very, very cost-effective pulley system, as we talked about earlier, from 50 to 100 bucks. Then you get into your accessories. So I would want bands, med balls, and sandbags. Very simple. You can do so many things with sandbags. You can throw them. You can clean them. You can do whatever you want. Um, Bands, accommodating resistance, any type of your accessory work, your flies, anything there. Um, Med balls, so you can slam the shit out of them. That's what you do with them. You throw them. You slam them. Very good dynamic tool to use. And then more accessory stuff would be a landmine attachment. You can do so many things with it. It doesn't take the part or take away the responsibility of, like I say, a dumbbell or a kettlebell, but you can do many landmine presses, squats, lunges, anything with those RDLs. Um, and it's, it's just a simple, easy, you can either get the ones that attach right to the rack or you can get the ones that attach into a weight plate, both a great way to go. Then I'd obviously need a bench for my f- presses floor presses work, but I would rather have that for bench press. Um, A sled. At my house, we have a nice alleyway that you could just rip a sled down that road. Amazing call. Make sure you have a sled or a tire too is something nice to have. And then you get into kind of your conditioning stuff. If money's not the issue, rower, let's, let's put this in order. True form treadmill, number one. It's not your assaults. Because those just go on a continuous, slight incline and it just rips. True form actually forces you to run with great 
technique and great biomechanics so that you learn how to sprint well and quicker. Um, so true form, I would get a concept two rower and then I would get an assault bike. And if I had time, money and space, I would get a skier. Um, all three of those things are great. They, they are the best conditioning tools out there right now. Lastly, and I found this out when I was training in a, g- a garage gym and Coop from Garage Gym Reviews, I'm plugging that because it's the, it's the best reviews you can get, a leaf blower, okay? You have your garage door, leaves blow in very easily to clean, get a leaf blower, get it out of there, okay? That is my dream gym. I know it's not like crazy over the top, but it's going to cost you $20,000, $30,000, yes, um, but if you're looking for that minimalist view, let's go over that one more time real quick. A rack, barbells, weights, power blocks, kettlebells, pulley system, and mats. So you're looking at seven items. You have to have those things. I hope you guys like this. I hope you guys um, can, I, I hope you guys can see the trend of this industry where it's going. Garage gyms are going to be king. It's going to be fun. People are going to move weights in this small communities of people. And uh, I can't wait. I would love to build mine. I got this one that I play with right here. So at the Iron Chapel, but look into that. If you guys have questions, ask me. If you guys have equipment questions, please ask. I would love to help you guys out there. So ask the questions. Leave us a review on NLX2. I'm giving live shout outs for that. Um, We have a few new ones there. Um, I appreciate all you guys throw us up a review, check out the video of my ugly ass on YouTube, NLX2 podcast, type it in, it'll be there. Um, Check it out on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Have a great day. We will talk to you next week.